0: more than able to make us more than a conqueror. And so, Lord, we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) So we're in this sermon series called Bulletproof. And the young people this week proved that they're not on a playground. Instead, they're on a battleground, friends. And we need to realize that we're not, as Christians, called to be on the playground, but we're called to be on the battleground, and we are called to put on the full armor of God. And so, God inspired us to do a message, um, a series called the Full Armor of God. But we're gonna we're titling it Bulletproof. And the reason we're it, uh, we're, we're making the title Bulletproof, is because, well, God gave us a way to be bulletproof before there was even bullets. See, the definition of bulletproof is in, impenetrable to bullets. You might think of if you would show that a bullet. Proof glass. Impenetrable to, to bullets. You see, maybe on some of the movies that you watch, some super rich people and they're driving their fancy cars and it's all dark and 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 they have this bulletproof glass, or or the president of the United States, they have bulletproof glass because it's impenetrable. But France, also we have we see in police officers nowadays that, that some of them, the SWAT team especially, has to wear bulletproof vests. Maybe you think of that when you think of bulletproof. It's designed to resist the, the penetration of bullets. It is, it's designed to resist that, friends. We, are, we have the armor of God that's designed to resist the flaming arrows of the enemy. Another thing I think about when I think of bulletproof is I think of my favorite superhero, Superman. I was a child of the 80s, born in the 70s, but grew up in the 80s, and I loved me some Superman. Invincible. See, Superman, you know, Batman has to put all his gear on, but Superman just has to come out. When those bullets come flying, they're like, ping, 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 can't even penetrate. Invincible. Friends, God has made us more than conquerors. We are called to be good soldiers of Christ. We are, through Christ, we can be invincible to the enemy. See, the Bible says the gates of hell cannot withstand what we have here in the church. But, friends, most of us are so, so afraid to take what we know out into the world that we don't even realize that we're bulletproof. And so, friends, I want, I want you to know because if you don't know, then how can you go? If you don't know, then how can you you stand the way you're supposed to stand? How can you carry yourself the way you're supposed to carry yourself? So today, friends, it's time for us to realize that we have spiritual armor that can make us bulletproof. Ephesians uh, 6, 10 through 13 is the beginning of the uh, full armor, and I'm going to just read that again because we need to read this every week so that we can remember what it says. Finally... you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, friends, God has called us to stand our ground. God has not called us to be silent. We are called to stand our ground. We are called to speak out against evil. We are called to take the gospel to all nations. We are called to love. But we got to be fully dressed, friends, suited and booted. We need to realize that we are called as good soldiers, as 2 Timothy 2, 3 says, endure endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus, friends. See, we need to have a little understanding of what spiritual warfare really is. I know Pastor Earl broke down a good message last week. I listened to it online. If you want to hear mine, mine was called Spiritual Warfare 101. It's online as well. But I want to give you just a brief overview so that you understand that Satan has a target, friends. And his target is your mind. Old school Joyce Meyer's book was The Battlefield of the Mind. And it's so good. I highly recommend it. I read it when I first got on fire in the late 90s. The battlefield is the mind. The enemy has a target. It is your mind. So that he, if he can get your mind as the control center of your life, he can get everything, Friends. He can mess up your emotions, your feelings. He can bring confusion. He can bring doubt. He can bring arrogance. Friends, we got to guard our mind. The, The enemy's target is your mind. He wants to take you out. His weapon is lies and deception. That's his weapon, friends, is lies and deception. His purpose is to make you ignorant to God's will. And your defense is the full armor of God. And friends, that first piece of armor that we're going to break down today, it's called the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Ephesians 6, 14 says, stand firm then. You know, in this passage, it says stand firm four times, friends. God wants us to, to, to stand firm, to make our stand. Again, it says stand firm. and the first piece, it says, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We're going to break down breastplate next week, but today we're going to take time to break down the belt of truth. See, it's important that we would understand what kind of belt he's talking about here. See, we tend to picture belts that we wear today. I almost wore a belt just to show y'all because I love me some belts to accessorize, right? But it wasn't going with the outfit. So just imagine, though, some of the belts we have. Matter of fact, I can do you one better. You don't have to imagine. Show me some of those belts up there. I got a, a few pictures of some belts. Woo, ladies, how many of y'all just got found your happy place? Come on. I want this one right here. I don't care. They say well, if you wore it once, you're not supposed to wear it twice. Stacy and well, Clinton, all those people who make what what, what you're supposed to wear rules, but I'm wearing that again. The fanny pack's coming back with the belt. I'm wearing that again. Someone needs to buy me that. I'm just saying. Someone needs to tell Vicky Thomas, my mom in Waterville, to listen to this message, okay? Look at that pink fancy one. Come on, some of you ladies are getting happy. But, men, I ain't left you out. I got some more belts for you. Go ahead. Show me something else. Well, oh, not that one. That's for us ladies, too. Cowboy belts, cowgirl belts. But I got something else. Come on, girl, stay with me. A tool belt. Now, we're getting a little bit closer to what he was talking about in the full armor of God. To a, a tool belt, but it's not close enough. See a tool belt for handyman, and listen, I'm praying for some handyman up in Vision Ministries. Our toilets need Jesus, and they need your help, handyman. Okay, so I'm praying for y'all. But listen, it holds a lot of stuff that you need, right? Full armor of God, the the belt of truth does too. But when when Paul wrote about the full armor of God, and he talked about the belt of truth, he was inspired by the Roman soldiers. You know, he was in prison when he wrote this. And so he saw Roman soldiers all the time during that time. And so he saw what they were dressed like and how they carried themselves. And it inspired Paul to write about the armor that we're supposed to carry. So show me that armor of a Roman soldier. See, the belt of the Roman soldier and, and, and there was even better pictures that I, I wish I would have been able to put up, but there's even a part of the belt that actually co- comes down and looks like an apron on some Ro- Roman soldiers that protected um, their, their lo- loins, as, as the King James Version, your hip area, okay? It also carried the rest of the weapons with it. And as you see, the Roman soldier actually wore, uh, you know, a tunic. Men back then wore tunics. And so... The belt also was placed, if, if they were ready for battle, that tunic would be taken up and put right into that belt so that they can be ready to run. So we're going to break some of this down, but I want to give you a picture of it before we break it down. Because it's important for us to realize that the belt uh, of truth is not just supposed to keep our pants up. I got a picture. Is that, is that up there? The picture of uh, some sagging going on? <laughs> can someone say no to sag, please? well I don't like skinny jeans either I don't know which for for men I like them from ladies but I don't know which styles (laughs) they're both just terrible but listen a belt's not just to keep our pants up the belt of truth is so that we can fight against the lies of the enemy and so we're going to break down today about how we need to make sure that we are wearing the belt of truth we need the belt of truth to defeat the lies of the enemy I'm going to give you four tells, say four tells, that you're wearing the belt of truth. Because some of y'all might be just wearing that pink sparkly belt that I showed you. Some of y'all might just be wearing a tool belt and think you're okay because you're carrying some stuff along with you. But friends, God wants you to put on the spiritual belt of truth that carries all the other armor that makes your feet ready for action. And so the belt of truth, these are four things that, that are tells or signs, if you will, that you're wearing the right belt. We need to make sure when we're getting dressed that we're wearing the right belt because the belt of truth was the very first piece of armor that the Roman soldiers had to put on because it was that vital and that important. So the very first tell that you're wearing the belt of truth is that the Bible is the final authority in your life, friends. Oh. I'm gonna catch my breath for a minute because I'm about to rip it right here. <laughs> See, the Battle of Truth represents the Logos Word of God. That's a Greek word, the Logos word of God. It means the written word of God. Later on, when we study the armors, we're going to hear about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But that word of God represents the rhema word, the right on time, right now word. We're going to break that down in a couple weeks. But I want to talk about the written word of God because, friends, the written word of God has been under attack. And there's a reason it's been under attack because it is our first piece of armor that we have to have. The Bible has got to be the final authority of our life. And, friends, that means we have to understand doctrine because sometimes the Bible can be confusing when you're just trying to interpret it by the flesh. Sometimes it can almost seem contradicting, but it's not. That's why we have to have good understanding. We have to read the Bible in its context. We have to have good understanding of how to break down what the word of God really means. We need good doctrine. The Bible says watch your life and your doctrine closely that you would be saved and so that your listeners, listeners can be too, friends. It doesn't say watch your neighbor's life and doctrine closely. That's what we do on the Facebook generation that we have. It says watch your own life. The Bible is supposed to be a mirror into our own soul, friends. We need to get it right. The Bible needs to be the final authority in our life. I'm talking the written word of God. Friends, we must fall in love with the Bible. We need to spend time reading the Bible. Friends, if the only time you hear the Word of God is when you come to church and it's not even once a week uh, anymore, usually it's about once or twice a month for most people. If that's the only time you hear the Word of God, friends, you're going to be in danger. You need to live in the Word of God. I love what uh, Spurgeon said. He said, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. Friends, just 15 minutes a day will help you read the entire Bible through in a year. Just 15 minutes a day. We've got to prioritize the written word of God. We've got to prioritize the Bible because it helps us understand truth. How can we know what truth is if we don't know what truth is? The belt of truth holds together all the other weapons that we need to fight the enemy, friends. It holds everything without truth. The rest of the armor would be no use to us because we would not have the spirit of truth. Friends, we need, the, we need truth in order to have righteousness. We need truth in order to have faith. We need to have truth in order to have peace. We need to have truth in order to even have salvation. Friends, we, the truth, the belt of truth holds all the other pieces together. That's why it's so important to know your Bible. It's so important to realize how Awesome, the word of God is that God's word is living and breathing for you, that is alive and active for you. That the word of God sets the captives free, friends. It is the bout of truth. We've got to realize that the Bible is our defense, the Bible keeps us, the truth of God's word keeps us right. Otherwise, it will be so easy to fall into temptation. And to fall into deception. The word of God is so important. I got to ask you this, friends. Think about this for a minute. Is the word of God the final say-so in your life? Do you go to the word before you make a decision? Or do you just call up the pastor? Or do you just call up your friends? Or you do you just call up your mama? Got some of y'all with that. Or do you just pray? Because praying is not enough. Because sometimes when we pray, we pray with selfish motives. Or do you just worship? Because worship alone is not enough, friends. We can worship ourselves. The Bible says that God, the Father, is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and in what? Truth. What do we got to put on? The belt of truth. The Bible is the final authority. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for correcting, teaching, rebuking, and training and righteousness so that the man of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Friends, we need to know the Bible. What does the Bible say about your lifestyle? What does the Bible say about the way you live? What does the Bible say? We've got to understand the word of God, and we've got to understand it in its context, and we've got to understand it in the culture that it was written, and we've got to meditate on it and memorize it. And live by it. So is the word of God your final say-so in your life? Because no one can be a spiritual warrior who is biblically illiterate. No one. So the first tell that you're really actually wearing the belt of truth and not that pink sparkly belt that I showed earlier is that the Bible is the final say-so in your your life. The second tell, or the second sign, if you will, that you're wearing the belt of truth is that you are ready to do mighty exploits for God. The belt of truth makes you ready to do mighty exploits for the Lord. See, the original Greek here is literally translates, stand therefore having girded your loins of you with truth. It doesn't even mention the word belt in the original Greek language that was put in um, by our translators to help us understand because who really uses the word gird anymore? I mean, I've heard of a girdle and it's kind of in the same place, (laughs) right? And nobody really uses the word loins anymore. So I want to break it down. To gird simply means to encircle or bind. That's where you get the word girdle from, right? To make fast or secure, to surround, to prepare for action. And loin is just another word for hip. So the Nelson Study Bible, sometimes we got to (coughs) go, when we're studying things, into a study Bible or into a good commentary. And the Nelson Study Bible says that the belt hung strips of leather to protect the lower body. So it it almost looked like an apron in some places. The Matthew, Matthew Henry commentary says that the belt girds on, secures all the other pieces of armor, Truth should cleave to us as a belt cleaves to our body, friends. (laughs) We need truth. We need truth to cleave to us like a belt cleaves to us. We need truth to gird us. We need truth to help us be ready. In Luke 12, 35, Jesus charges his disciples, he says, Be dressed for readiness. How awesome is that? Be dressed for readiness. This means ready for action, rapid deployment. In Bible times, the soldier's, soldier's belt, not only did it hold the, the, the sword and the other weapons, his lance and other weapons that he had, but like I said, the Roman soldiers wore a tunic. So man, nowadays, it would probably look somewhat like a dress. I don't, it wasn't a dress. It was manly back then. It was a tunic, okay? But they wore this with their belt and their armor, and all the armor pieces was you know held together by the belt but when it was time to fight before some genius invented pants they decided what they needed to do to make their feet ready is they would take the lower parts of their tunic and they would wrap it up into their belt so they can run ladies have you ever tried running in a dress it's not so easy My daughter was like, I want to wear this cute skirt. I want to do flips today, so I don't know what to do. (laughs) Right? Like, come on, ladies. Sometimes when you're in a dress, you can't be ready for action as much. Well, men, when they wore their tunics back in the days, they had to have that belt on because when it was time to run, running in a tunic is not so easy. So they would have to take those longer pieces of the tunic, and they would have to wrap it into the belt of truth. Friends, truth makes us ready for action. Truth makes us ready to do great exploits for the Lord. If we don't have truth, how can we spread the gospel? Because the gospel is truth, friends. Truth makes us ready. (laughs) Oh, some of y'all ain't getting it. See, the belt of truth was put on first to prepare us for action, to prepare us for mighty exploits. This casts a whole new light on belt of truth. It was not just a fancy accessory, friends. It was a necessary and vital, important piece of the armor that was placed on first because it held all the other weapons in place. And because it prepared them for action when they had to get their marching orders, friends. They needed that belt of truth. It needed to encircle them. Some of us need to encircle ourselves with the word of God again. Some of us need to saturate ourselves in the word and the truth of the word of God again again some of us need to start meditating and memorizing scripture like we used to do before some of us need to put it on even as we go to sleep some of us need to as the old uh, Old testament jews did bind it on their forehead some of us need to make sure it's always on our mind put it on our fridge uh radar at at home put it in the mirrors uh at home put it all over the place get pictures hang up Put the scripture everywhere so that when you walk into your home, you can see the truth of the word of God. Some of us need to be encircled again with the word of God and the truth that it represents, friends. We need to prepare ourselves so that we can do mighty exploits by putting on the belt of truth as a foundational piece of the spiritual armor. So, friends, a couple of tells that we've gone over so far, a couple of signs that you're actually wearing the right belt, the belt of truth, not just a fancy belt, is number one, we've got to make the Bible important in our life. The Bible's got to be the final say-so, okay? Number two, we've got to be ready for mighty exploits for the Lord, to do mighty and awesome things that we got it's not enough just to know the word, but it's got to prepare us for action. And then Number three, if you want to make sure you're wearing the belt of truth, then, well then, friends, if you are wearing the belt of truth, then you can discern the lies of the devil. And I'm about to break it down right here. This is my favorite part. Some of us do not have any discernment. Discernment means knowing what is good from what is evil. And some of us have no discernment. We call evil good, and we call good evil, and we are deceived. But friends, when you have the belt of truth on, when you are wearing the truth of the word of God, when it encircles you, when it makes you ready for action, when you prioritize what the Bible says, friends, then you are more ready to easily discern the lies of the devil. See, The devil's most destructive and most powerful weapon, friends, is deception. <laughs> the devil can't get some of us to go outright back into the crack house or back into some of the sins that we did before, but instead he gets us to question the word of God. He gets us to say, is this really true? See, deception, it first starts with saying Deception starts with the question, did God really say? Look back in Genesis when Eve was getting ready to eat that apple. The serpent said to her, which was the devil, well, did God really say this? How did deception start? Questioning the word of God, friends. We need to be careful. We need to be careful because, listen, the devil is a liar. Old school sayings. Y'all remember when we used to like, the devil's a liar? Y'all remember that? We need to bring it back. <laughs> The devil's a liar. He is a liar, friends. Some of us have forgotten that the devil is a liar. John 8, says, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Truth and deception cannot coexist, friends. <laughs> My daughter has a mission from God that she received this summer to share the love and truth of the Word of God to her neighborhood friends. And so she told me a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, God has put this on her heart. She wanted to reach out more to the neighborhood friends and to love on them and share Jesus with them. And she said, Mom, you know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to just like drop seeds. I'm not trying to be like overboard with it where I turn them off. I mean, stop wise for for only 11 years old and she said but you know I just I just really feel like I need to share the love of God with with my neighbors and I said okay Jubilee she was like I invited them to the block party you know and I'm you know telling them about this and that and then one day she was like outside playing on the trampoline with the neighborhood girls three little neighborhood girls and the rest of us uh, me and my three boys and my husband were inside watching karate kid (laughs) Old, the old school, oh, y'all remember? Uh huh. Karate Kid. I, don't worry, I got short time. Oh. <laughs> Not that I'm gonna demonstrate right now. Maybe later. Okay. And so we we're inside watching Karate Kid, and, and you know, getting all hyped up. I mean, my boys been doing my younger, my youngest two boys. Y'all know I call them my sons a Thunder. They've been doing the one move. We watch all of them. We watch all three of them. The one where where you where I can't remember what it was. It was like the the drum. It's going like that. And so my one son, I walk in and he's yeah. Yeah, and my other son's like, ha ha, and he's kicking and, and and blocking and all this crazy stuff. I mean, they've been on Karate Kid now forever for since we watched this a couple of weeks ago. But my daughter's out doing real spiritual warfare outside in the backyard with these with these girls, and so she comes running in. Now, anyone who knows us, we're serious about our family movie time. So usually, if one kid is running in and the rest of us is watching a family movie, we ain't stopping for them. But Jubilee, there was something different about her that day that actually made. My husband paused, karate kid, to hear what was going on. She was shining. She was like, Mom, you're not going to believe this. I just led three girls to the Lord outside. They just, they just accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It was awesome. But this is the part that I want you to hear. She said, Mom, I started explaining to them, you know, uh, the Bible and the gospel, and I started talking to them about Jesus, and she said, Mom, They heard the name of Jesus before. So then I start telling them, but you need to be careful because when we accept Jesus, the devil wants to attack us. I said, you told them that? She said, yes, I did, Mom. And I, I start telling them about how we need to be careful what we watch, what we listen to, because the devil wants to attack. She said, Mom, when I start telling them about the devil, she said, They never heard of the devil before. Can you believe that, mom? They they heard the name of Jesus, but they did not know that there was a real devil that wants to attack, that wants to kill still and destroy them. I said, well, daughter, I am so jubilee. I am so glad that you explained that to them because you explain the gospel better than some adults do. Because some people act like nowadays there is no real devil and there is no real hell. And that if you're a good person, and you're better than the worst person then you're going to go to heaven because everybody's going to go to heaven if that is the case why would father god send his son jesus to die a torturous death why would he say that he's taken back the keys of destruction and that he's, he's, he's he's defeated the devil and he's given us the keys of heaven if there was not a real rival if there was not a real enemy and so I'm like, this is crazy, friends. Deception is so impenetrated into our culture that we don't even realize there's a devil anymore. This is our next generation, friends. Oh, I heard Jesus. Okay. Because this is how we teach people to come to Jesus now. You're okay the way you are, but you can be a little better if you accept Jesus. So he's a self-help tool. Just accept him, and you don't really have to change anything. But the gospel says that we are to deny our lives. We're to deny everything that we had and we're to pick up our cross and we're to follow Jesus. That's true salvation. And the Bible actually says that he who stands firm to the end shall be saved. Some of us start the race off good, but then we get tripped up and we stay on the sidelines and we never get back in it, friends. And we think because we said a prayer when we was in fourth grade that we're going to go to heaven, even though our life as, the, as that scripture that I said, that your father is, is uh, John 8, when he lies, he speaks his native language. Actually, the part in front of it says, you are serving your father, the devil, who is, was a murderer from the beginning and the father of lies. And when he speaks, he speaks his native language. Friends, some of us hear the lies of the devil so much that we don't understand the truth of God's word. Things get lost in translation. Now, some of these same little girls that, that Jubilee led to the Lord two of them live right next door, and they come from a a Mexican family, and I'm not talking about some of us that are in here today that's like fourth and fifth generation Mexican-Americans. I'm talking straight from Mexico. I get jealous every time I walk in their back, my backyard and see how beautiful their backyard looks. I'm talking, they did not speak English, and they've lived next to us for, um, I don't know, probably a good five to six years now, maybe a little bit longer, and so We would try to talk to them because I like to bring the neighbor back into the neighborhood. I like to bring the neighbor back into the hood. I don't want to just be the hood. I want to be a neighborhood, okay? So when I see new people come in, I bring over baskets of of goodies and cookies, and I always introduce myself, and people probably think I'm crazy, but I set the standard and set the respect right away, and I let them know who we are and and that we love Jesus. I don't tell people necessarily, I'm Pastor Joy from Vision Ministries. They find that out on their own. I just share the love of God with them, okay? (laughs) So, of course, no, no difference Five or six years ago when they moved in, I did the same thing. So I'm trying to build communication with them, but there was things that were getting lost in translation because we speak English and they speak Spanish, okay? But I'm like, this, they're just a good family. You could tell. I mean, the, the dad and the mom are together, and they're always taking care of their two little daughters and their one little, little son. And so the one day I was outside, and they have these cute little dogs. I'm, I'm, as, <laughs> I'm not really down with pets because it's more work. And I got four kids. But this dog tempted me to want to have a dog. This dog, their dog, I, you, it, it jumps like a bunny. It's like half dog, half chihuahua, half bunny. It's the cutest little dog. And It's bilingual because it speaks... It understands what they're saying, but it understands what we're saying, too, because we treat this dog like it's our dog, but they have to take care of it. We bite little bones and all this stuff. And what was happening is this dog kept coming into our yard, even though we have a fence. I literally thought the dog jumped over the fence because it was always jumping every time it saw us until I realized that the dog was digging tunnels, and it somehow got underneath the fence into our yard. One time it made it all the way into our house, and my kids were thrilled. They're like, we got a dog, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so I was talking to the neighbor trying to find out the name of the dog. And the the neighbor told me, the the man told me, the name is Pizza. So we thought we heard him say. So we start calling the the dog Pizza. I'm like, this dog is awesome. His name is Pizza. What gets better than that? So for a year or so, we were calling the dog Pizza. And then in our day, the, the neighbor heard us call the dog Pizza, and he said something in his language. I don't know the, quite the translation, but I think it meant dumb white people. Not positive, though. <laughs> he said, the dog's name is not Pizza. So that's what I thought he was telling me. It's Pizza. So we're like, oh, okay, okay. It's just a little bit messed up. So we start calling the dog Pizza. So now five years goes by, their oldest daughter is now like eight or nine years old, the same age as my middle son, and their their middle daughter is about five. They go to school. They speak English. There are interpreters. They come over the house all the time, and they're playing. And so, this starting this summer. So in the beginning of the summer, we were trying to understand well, what's their name, and the little girl introduced herself to my children that her nickname is Pizza. Friends, the dog's name was not Pizza. The dog's name was not pizza the daughter's name nickname was pizza so we were calling the dog the daughter's nickname the dog's name is cheese pox (laughs) friends I'm telling you this crazy hilarious story because I want you to understand that things get lost in translation And what happens is we are so accustomed to listening to the lies of the devil that when God's word comes in as truth, we don't get the true translation because it's lost in translation because we are Speaking the native language of the devil, and that is lies. Before we are born again, friends, we had years and years and years of speaking the native language of the devil. Don't think you weren't. You were deceived, and you were speaking the native language of the devil. And then you become born again, and now truth penetrates your heart. It's a double-edged sword, and it comes, and it penetrates. It divides the flesh from the spirit man, and it's trying to set you free, but you are losing things in translation. And so that's why John 8 says, well, you've been following your father, the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning. He is the father of lies. And when he speaks, he speaks his native language. Because we need to train our ears and our mind to recognize the native language of the devil is lies. Someone look to your neighbor and say the devil is a liar. Hmm. Satan is the embodiment of evil, deception, and misery, and he trades in lies and deception in his attempt to lead people away from God. The belt of truth is a crucial piece of our defense armor guarding our inmost beings in the battle against the lies of deception of the enemy. Without the understanding of the truth, we are left vulnerable and being carried away by every wind of doctrine by every trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitfulness and the scheminess and the schemes of the enemy. The belt of truth, friends, protects us, and it prepares us for battle. And it needs to be a vital part of every Christian's armor, friends. We have got to be able to discern good from evil. We've got to be able to discern when the devil is lying to us. Amen? Train our mind to hear the truth God whispers and not the lies the enemy shouts. Train your mind to hear the truth that God whispers. That means you have to discipline yourself. You have to quiet yourself. You have to read your word. You have to take time to meditate on the truth of God's word. You have to learn this new language called the Bible, friends and the holy spirit is a good teacher and he he can drop it in it doesn't have to take 500 years friends he could drop it in you and you can speak fluently the word of god we need to stop we don't speak that old language anymore we don't speak that way anymore we speak now truth we speak life not death train your mind who wants to train their mind who wants to discern the lies of the devil Because some of you guys are believing some deception right now. Some of you guys are are taking things that you think is good but it's not God. And you're justifying sin in your life because you've been listening to the lies in the native language of the devil. And instead God's trying to bring some truth to you right now. So you need to perk up your ears and you need to listen hard. Because it can save your soul, friends. So... Four, three signs we've gone over so far to tell that you're wearing the proper belt of truth, not just any old belt. is one, the Bible needs to be the final authority in your life. Two, the, 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 the truth of God's word, it needs to enable us to do great, mighty exploits to prepare us for action. Three, we, because of the word of God, we are able to discern the lies of the enemy. Lies have no place in our hearts anymore and in our minds anymore. And then finally, if you're wearing the belt of truth, well then truth is priority in your life. Truth. Soldiers can't afford to be ignorant. They cannot march into a battle not knowing the plan, friends. Soldiers are educated. Soldiers, you go into the Navy and the Army and all this stuff, they, they not only educate you in what your position is in the Army, but they, they believe in education so much, they pay for your college education. That's how my mom went to school. She was in the Navy way back in the day. And it paid for her to get an education, friends. Soldiers can't be ignorant. There's no room for that. Otherwise, we're not going to win any battle. If a soldier ignorant, they will lose every single battle. So see, friends, we as Christian soldiers cannot afford to be ignorant either. We instead need to understand the truth because the Bible says the truth sets you free. Just like we used to be trained in the native language of lies, now we got to be trained in God's language of truth because the truth sets you free. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In order to be set free, you must do what first? Know the truth. See, during the events leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, we read about this discourse that happened between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. See, Jesus said, I have come into the world to bear witness to what? truth. The Bible actually says grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so he's trying to explain this to Pilate, and Pilate was listening intently, but he asked this question skeptically. He he was a skeptic, and he asked this question, what is truth? You may remember that. He said, what is truth? Well, friends, he asked the wrong question because he was standing in front of truth, the Bible, we talk about the Bible and how that needs to be the written word of God, how that is our first piece and understanding that we have the true belt of truth on. But, friends, we also have to understand that in John, the Bible says that Jesus Christ became flesh and that, that he actually was the word and that the word was with God from the very beginning. So Jesus is truth. That's what sets our religion apart from any other religion, friends. Is that truth is not a what in our religion? Truth is a who. And so when I say he asked the wrong question, he was so close. He said, What is truth? But he was looking at truth, friends. And Jesus was standing there thinking, I can imagine. It's not a what, it's a who. And he says in his word in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, friends. Jesus is truth. He is the embodiment of truth. In John 1:14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The Bible makes it clear that if our actions do not line up with our words, we are not. His followers. We may know the truth, but we are not living the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's where some of us get deceived, friends. See, right here, if we say we're Christians, but we willfully and wantonly, let me say this again, willfully and wantonly, it's not a word we say very often. That means we will it and we want it. So if we are Christians and we will and we want to continue in sin, well then, friends, You are deceived, and you may not even be a Christian. If we claim that we are sinless, on the other hand, and we say we need, we don't need Christ's sacrifice to cleanse us, well, friends, we're not a Christian. We just had a real famous person, really high up in authority, that said they never had to ask for forgiveness. Listen, friends, yep, that's what he said. (laughs) Friends, we may not be a Christian if we think that we're sinless and that we don't need to ask for forgiveness. If we say that we are Christians but live in disobedience to him, come on, friends, let's not be deceived. We need to understand the truth sets us free. The truth, when I think of it being set free, that's when I think about the Roman soldier who picks up his garment and tucks it into his belt so that he is not encumbered anymore and he can run freely into the marching orders of his commander, friends. The truth sets us free. We get deceived in many different ways, but friends, the truth will come and set us free. We can't put up with deception. We can't put up with deception and lies of the enemy anymore. We need to put the belt of truth on in order to defeat the father of lies. And so, friends, I want to end today with a truth pledge. And you're going to see this. It's in your notes. And you can take this home. I want to end. I want to give you some marching orders. I'm going to pray for people, too, but I want to give you some marching orders because sometimes we come up and we want someone to pray for us so we can get a little tingly feeling, and then we leave out the same way we came in except for we had tingles for five seconds, friends. Instead, I want to give you some marching orders, not that God can't touch you and you can still get your tingles. That's all good, too, okay? I believe that the Holy My husband, when he first got on fire for the Lord, he came up to the altar just because. Just he was actually here only because he was doing community service for his high school, and he came up. Um, up to the service, and the pastor gave an altar call, and he decided, okay, I'm going to go check it out. And the pastor prayed for him, and he said, electrify him. My husband never uh, got slain in the spirit before. He fell down on the floor, six foot three, young man fell on the floor and started shaking. He said, what the heck was that? He got up, grabbed his keys, and ran out the church as fast as he could, trying to get his keys in the car, but couldn't do it because he was shaking so much. It changed his life. So I'm all for God manifesting his spirit and, and, and moving. But, friends, the difference was is it changed his life. Some of us have had awesome God experiences at the altar, and yet we are not ready for the counterattack of the enemy because we do not discipline ourselves to know the truth of God's word. And then we actually end up being worse off than we were before. And so I want to give you some marching orders what i 'm calling the truth challenge. you ready for it? here 's a pledge. I pledge to be honest and truthful, truthful to others. Say it with me. I pledge to be honest and truthful with others. Hmm. That means no little white lies. That means sometimes you just got to keep your mouth shut because sometimes. It's better not to say anything than to say something hurtful, but you don't want to lie either. So when someone asks you if you like their skirt and you really don't, find something else to compliment them. (laughs) Redirect. Your hair looks really nice today. (laughs) I had to teach some of my pastors this. (laughs) It means no white lies. It means no over-exaggerating, oh, God, help us pastors. We like to exaggerate. Our story gets bigger every time we tell it. It means no exaggeration. If you got a little bit of drama in you like I do, me, that's the one. That's the one that gets you. No exaggeration. It means that you're going to be honest, truthful. Pledge number two, I pledge to teach my children truth of God's word. If you're a parent or a grandparent or auntie or uncle or you have any influence over any kids, you pledge to teach them the truth. My kids know that if they do something wrong, They're gonna get punished. But if they do something wrong and they lie about it, oh, they're gonna get more than punished. We gotta teach our kids the honor of truth. And then number three, I pledge to uphold the truth of the written word of God. Friends, this one took me a while to write because at first I was writing different things. Like I pledge to read my Bible three to five times a week. I pledge this and put. No, I'm not gonna add anything onto that. That's up to you how you're going to uphold the written word of God. But you're making a pledge that you're going to uphold it. So hopefully that means that you're going to read it. Hopefully that means you're going to meditate on it. Hopefully that means you're going to study it. Hopefully that means that you're going to make it uh, important to go to church, to fellowship with other Christians. There's All all these things that hopefully your fellowship is wrapped around the word of God that you're going to teach it to your children. Okay, but that's up to you. You pledge to uphold the truth of the written word of God. And then here goes the last one. I felt like I had to add this one in. I pledge to habitually read my Bible. That just means I pledge to make a habit of it, of reading my Bible. That's where it starts, friends. And I'm telling you, if you want to know how to read your Bible and study your Bible, please come on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights, we take time to really go into detail. We're going to break down the message we're teaching today about the bell of truth. We're going to add questions. I will always would be glad on a Wednesday night to one-on-one with you and tell you how you can study your Bible. I want you to know how you read your Bible. I want you to know how to cross-reference things. I want you to know how to get a good commentary and study notes. I want you to know how important it is to read the verse in its context, how to take the scripture and and use it to define other scriptures, friends, and how, how, how to have good doctrine. You need to know these things. We have got to say, I am pledging to put the belt of truth on. Would you stand to your feet with me today? God is good. God is good. This is the first piece of armor that we've got to put on. And friends, I hope today that you realize that God loves you enough that he sent his son, which is truth, to you. So that you could be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God has called you to do let's pray heavenly father I just thank you for the people in this house today Lord God God I pray that you would move on their hearts that you would bless them Lord Jesus God I pray that you would show them your truth and that the truth would set them free God I pray that if there's any deception in their life Lord that they would realize it and that they would not be deceived anymore that they instead will receive your truth. God, if some of these, if some of your people have been losing things in translation, God, if they've been listening to the native lies of the enemy so long that they are having a hard time understanding your truth, God, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is our interpreter and Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and touch your people right now, right now. How many of you out here are saying, I'm gonna take that truth pledge. I'm gonna take that truth challenge and I'm gonna, put on my belt of truth. Would you raise your hands so I can speak a blessing over you? Father God, those with their hands lifted saying, I'm going to take this pledge, I'm going to take the belt of truth, and I'm going to wrap it around myself, I'm going to gird myself up in it. God, I pray that you would help them walk in truth, that you would help them discern the lies of the enemy, Lord God, that they would read their Bible, Lord God, that they would make a habit of getting into the word, the written word of God, and God that they would uh, teach it to their children, Lord God, that they would walk in it, Lord God, that they would be honest, truthful people, Lord God, that would walk in the God, I thank you for blessing them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you need any prayer, come on up here and I would love to pray with you.